Hi everyone, this is Georgiana and you are listening to Employer Branding, the Inside Podcast, where we talk to people from HR in general, more specifically specifically from talent acquisition, from talent management, employer branding and company culture. And today I'm talking to Dr. Carolina Kettler, who is head of talent acquisition and serious uh, senior and serious also, I suppose. Very serious. <laughs> HR manager at Popcorn. Welcome, Carolina. Thank you so much for uh, accepting my invitation. Hi, Georgiana. Thank you so much for inviting me. Very excited to be here. Thank you so much. Please, please let me know, Carolina, what do you do on a daily basis and then what does Popcorn do? Of course. Um, so maybe I'll start with Popcorn um, and then I will uh, jump to myself. So Popcorn mm-hmm. is, um, is a really exciting, great company from Berlin that is uh, producing hyper-casual uh, games. I mm-hmm. don't know if you are familiar with the uh, with the uh, you know gaming industry. Do you know what hyper-casual games no, are? No, no. Is it like is it the same like a uh, uh, game crush? No, Candy Crush Saga. Those type of things. Those are games that you play mainly on your on your mobile. They're quite simplistic in a way how you how you play them. So yep. you don't spend uh, I don't know months in getting into the next level. However, Sorry. I wouldn't say that developing those games is a simplistic thing. No, it's a it's a complex and very exciting things for everybody who's involved. Uh, but for the users, a very um, very nice uh, and uh, relaxing experience. And to be honest, we we were uh, receiving many feedback nowadays like during pandemic also that it's actually helped many people to just you know switch all their mind and, sure. and relax so mm-hmm. I'm very happy that uh, that we have that positive impact uh, on on our users and myself as you said I'm leading fan acquisition at Popcorn I'm also responsible for HR so this is uh, what, I'm, what I'm doing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this, of course, brings me to my next question. What is yeah. it like to be HR manager for a startup, since you already mentioned you're doing several things? Yeah, so exactly. I would uh, really put influence into doing several things. So being um, being in HR and talent, however you want to call the, the team that, you know, that I work in, um, in a startup, it uh, most of all means that you're an all-rounder, right? So I myself and uh, also like you know the team that works uh, with me, we are responsible for HR operations, but of course for recruitment, employer branding, mm-hmm. learning and development, sometimes also office management. So everything is kind of on your plate, and you have to be able to jump from being very hands-on and making your hands dirty into being also you know very uh, on a mental level to be able to analyze and set up processes. So. I find it very, very exciting to be, to be that all-rounder and to be able to touch different hats. Would you say that's the best part about your job or are there others? This is the best part because I'm, uh, I was trying to work in a corporate uh, before and mm-hmm. uh, I would like to say that it's the boring job. Of course, there are lots of positive things about working in a bigger and more structured uh, organization, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. However, uh, I like getting like different uh, different inputs, you know, and be able to take care of, of, of things on kind of broader levels. So that's something what I enjoy. I also enjoy that um, you really can, your job is very much impact, impactful and you can really be a change driver. Again, I'm not saying that you cannot be a change driver in a corporate environment, but it's on a different scale. Of and course. Mm-hmm. Speed, mm-hmm. Obviously. 
so you can really start setting up processes that will change, you know, completely uh, the way the company operates on a certain level in a very short time. And, and this is really exciting. Okay. Um, but there must have been also difficult moments in, in your career so far. So if you were to mention the hardest thing you've ever had to do, what would that be for you? Mm-hmm. Um, in general, for me as an HR person, the hardest thing, and this is regardless if you work uh, for what kind of you know size of the company that you yeah. work for, is to be part of uh, of letting people go processes. This mm-hmm. is uh, this is the hardest part because I started my career as a recruiter, uh, so for me, you know, it was always so. Um, amazing and fulfilling and rewarding that I can actually bring people. Yeah. But then when you also do HR, you have to also be on the other side um, and and let people go. So I'm always trying to get this approach that, uh, that those conversations and those processes shouldn't be like, you know, purely onboarding processes. It should be really, uh, and it's not uh, what I didn't say that I just heard it once on one of the HR conferences that, Age, um, that an um, offboarding conversation should be more of an onboarding to a new challenge, yeah, to a new, to a new uh, life. you know, mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. to a new endeavor. And I always try to really um, apply this approach. So always uh, also make people understand, and this is what I truly believe in, that in most of the cases, apart from very rare, extreme cases, it's not really that, you know, Sorry for my language that the an employee sucks, right? Yeah. It's like the whole circumstances are just not working. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's probably mm-hmm. not the best uh, environment for you, and we c- we cannot create either, you know, the the path for you here. So I'm always trying to make people understand because nobody should leave this conversation feeling that uh, that they don't deserve job or they, you know, with like very low self esteem. And what I always do, I always. Uh, um, you know, offer support in a way of, you know, helping people with CVs, with sharing their uh, curriculum uh, among my network. Mm-hmm. It's not always nice. very welcome. Sometimes it is. Sometimes people get very defensive, age, they just angry. And this is something you should also understand, right, that they won't be like, you know, having you always afterwards, because at the end of the day, um, it's rarely a pleasant thing. But I believe if it's you know, if it's conducted in a proper way, in most of the cases, it can be actually positive. I think so too. Nobody should be too long in an organization where it doesn't work. It's like in yeah. being in a toxic relationship, you know. Mm-hmm. And I guess sometimes you just have to rip the band-aid off, <laughs> even exactly. if it hurts a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Um, I know retention is is difficult all around the world and especially in, in tech and especially in Berlin. So how do you and your company deal with the competition? Mm-hmm. Well, it's true that retention rate has been always an issue for Berlin startups, and not only startups. If you also look at the, uh, you know, Silicon Valley, it's 18 months, yeah. like the average mm-hmm. uh, lifespan of, uh, of people there. Um, so uh, first of all, we are quite young. We were established in 2018, so we cannot, like, you know, when I look at the numbers and the retention rate at company and cannot make like, you know, comparison among like a couple of years, it's just basically three years. Yeah. But from what I see, our retention rate is actually quite good. It's over 90%, which is, uh, which was uh, really, yeah. really, really nice. And um, 
what I truly believe is that we at Popcorn, we really have lots to, offer, lots to offer to our employees. So we do have a great product. We're very successful. It's, it's really amazing and not very often happening, um, you know, in startups that we actually financially very successful. Mm-hmm. Which I think is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but also what is very important is that I wouldn't say we created it because it would sound as if our culture was already set in stone and it's, it never is. So we are in a process of creating a culture where, you know, results really matter and yeah. it doesn't really matter who is the source of, uh, you know, of a great idea. And I think people will really appreciate it. And, uh, and uh, I see this not only speaking with the employees, but also when I conduct exit interviews with people who leave. And uh, this is something that they most, most of the time, uh, you know, underline that this was the most enjoyable part of, uh, mm-hmm. of working for popcorn. So, yeah, I think cool. this is how we, how we keep uh, people in our, yeah, in our organization. You know, by by telling me all this, you sort of uh, answered my next question, but I'm still uh-huh. going to to state it. So maybe we can sum up what you said. Three tips for preserving the healthy company culture. Uh-huh. This is what I said. I think this is very important. But uh, for me, what is now very like a question that is on my mind because we are in this exceptional growth phase at uh, Popper is how to preserve a culture. You know, when you have such a mixture of people, you started as a very small company and you have all employees who are very dedicated to, to what was the company and the company spirit in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then you bring all the new people who have maybe more experience in different, in different organizations. And also, you know, um, they are to bring kind of the company more on the next level in terms of processes and, and structure. For me, and... I hope this is an answer, is that you should never forget about people who started. So if you're so focused on, you know, on recruitment, on growing, on maturing up, it's great, but always involve people in it. So make them part of the hiring uh, hiring process. Make them part, if possible, of course, into the teams that, that are, you know, redesigning the structure. So never let them kind of behind. So mm-hmm. There's no feeling that, you know, like, Barney from uh, from How I Met Your Mother knew it's always better. <laughs> we shouldn't have this, uh, this approach there. And um, regardless of the stage, if you're a huge corporation, university, or small startup, I think that transparency is always the best. Without mm-hmm. transparency, mm-hmm. there's so much, you know, unnecessary gossips and like yeah. toxic uh, environment. I should you should be always transparent. And especially now during uh, during COVID and us working in the first phase in a hybrid mode. So we were like, you know, partially at the office, partially at home. Now we are all at home, obviously. Mm-hmm. I think it's very important to be an over-communicator, even if it's, you know, not from uh, your soul, you try to keep to your uh, yourself to your tasks. Over-communicating, I think, is important. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I agree. Also not to leave people behind. I don't know if she agrees. Yes, no, I agree. And not not allowing for, I don't know, information to suggest itself or to, I don't know. Oh. It, I think it's connected to transparency in the end. How important would you say is empathy in being an HR? Uh, oh, my God. I don't think only in HR, in general, in business, is so important. 
I don't know if you read the book uh, Radical Candor. Um, Someone else mentioned to me mentioned it to me in a podcast this week. It's nice. I have to read it then. <laughs> you should read it. So there is this kind of um, you know the most important learning from Radical Candor that you have to challenge people directly, and in order to do it, you have to really care personally. So without this personal caring component, mm -hmm. you cannot really build a successful and challenging environment. I truly believe in it and kind of personal level, but also in a more kind of um, organization level. An organization can spend really lots of money in hiring a top-notch external recruiter, not, not recruiter, sorry, uh, but a um, consultant. Consultant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, fix things that are not working. But as long as this person is not going to put him or herself in the shoes of the company and want to understand what this company and this group of people is really about, it's never going to be uh, successful. So for sure, I, I truly believe that empathy is not only important for you know uh, HR professionals, but for business mm -hmm. in general. Oh yeah, and I would I would say even for human beings in general, if we all were yeah, a bit a bit kinder and a bit more empathetic, I think uh, yeah, would uh, would be much better off. Uh, so, is this the book that you would recommend our listeners, or do you have uh, any other particular books that you liked? Yes, yeah, so uh, I would totally recommend reading Radical Candor. <laughs> and in terms of uh, books, if you call them, you know, kind of business or management books. Uh, I would also um, recommend People Over Profit. Uh -huh. And uh, heard about this that is, one. Sorry? I, I heard so, about that one, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry for yeah. interrupting. <laughs> I, I really identify myself with, with the message that is uh, being sent uh, there. But a book that I'm reading right now and I'm amazingly enjoying, it's, um, it has nothing to do with business. It's called, in, it's in Polish, it's called Mion Zimorze. <laughs> But it's, there is an English translation called uh, Intermarium. Uh, the name of the author is very hard to pronounce because it's very Polish. I guess most of the okay. like not Polish people won't be able to pronounce it. But, uh, you know, for me as a person from Eastern Europe, it really helps to kind of understand and explore this as German called Mittel Europa and yep. so. Mm -hmm. And it also uh, says a lot about how, you know, the language and the, the um, processes of raising nationalism. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Like he's trying to explain it also in a very light, uh, light way. And I think this is very much up to date nowadays, unfortunately, regardless if it's happening in Poland in Romania or yeah. in America. Mm -hmm. And it's a great book. I, I, I really recommend that. And I have to say that I, I, I personally am amazed at, at the fact that you with two kids still have time to read non-business things. <laughs> Congrats for that. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I, I I'm always uh, was the person who didn't need lots of sleep Fortunately, so this is what uh, <laughs> that sounds so good. If I could sleep five or six hours a night, oh man, <laughs> that my, my, my life would be different for sure. Right now, it would be a lot worse because I, I cannot um, uh, function on that that little sleep. But I admire people who can really. 
But I really don't think you should do anything against your nature. You know, I had it even before I became a mother or a working mother. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Since always I was sleeping six hours, it was for me, wow, I really slept. Uh, oh, so that's nice. Don't, don't do anything against your biological clock, I think. Yeah, I've, I've certain, sort of gotten from, from nine to, to seven seven and a half, which is already pretty good for me. So maybe who knows, with time, I'll have time to to read all the books that I haven't had the time so far. <laughs> okay, Carolina, just to um, to get to the end of our podcast, because time has, uh, has almost run out. If you were to mention two companies that you think succeed at employer branding and company culture, which would they be? Mm-hmm. To be honest, I was thinking about the question, uh, and I cannot mention any, uh, not because I don't follow companies and I don't mm. follow what they do. Okay. It's uh, because I'm not really, I'm really skeptical, and I don't uh, about all those amazing campaigns. I mean, I feel like from the marketing perspective, yes, that's great. Where I don't yeah, like mm-hmm. Zalando, for instance, or others do, but but honestly, like deep down. I don't care that much mm-hmm. because I think what, what really ma- what really matters most is how how you treat uh, how you treat uh, the um, your candidates and how yeah. you treat uh, your employees and all of the other things is just a nice addition. So for me, I know that the company always gives personal feedback to candidates they reject, and I would say they're doing great in terms mm-hmm. of personal mm-hmm. branding. I can tell you, we do it at Popcorn. <laughs> so I would say we do great in doing great, but. Uh, yeah, others is, is uh, nice, great, but it's, it's an addition to what's really essential, I believe. Yeah, you know, ever since I've started this uh, this line of podcasts, I've sort of shifted my perspective when it comes to companies that are good and that are not so good. Mm-hmm. So I, indeed, I I sort of get a feeling from the person who's talking about the company if it's a good culture and a healthy one or not. So I don't really look mm-hmm. for for external branding. All that much, although you know, as a marketer, I tend to yeah. do it uh, anyway. So yes, I I think I understand where you come from, and I I agree a hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. Cool. Super. Thank you so much for your time, Carolina. Thank you for talking to me today, and uh, I look forward to to meeting you. I tell that to all of my guests. I look forward to meeting you in person and to recording live at some point. Nice meeting you. Nice to meet you too. And we'll be in touch, okay? Bye. Bye Bye-bye.